Want to see the world from a totally different perspective? Ready for provocative conversation, intriguing stories, and inspiration? Then don't touch that dial. Welcome to Talk with Francesca. She'll give you something to talk about all week long. Now, here's Francesca. What if you took the time to really soak it? Hello, everyone, and welcome to Talk with Francesca. I'm Francesca Luca, your host, and I'm excited, as always, to be with you here today. I want you to talk to me. Let me know what you are thinking, whether you find the show useful or maybe you find it entertaining, riveting. Maybe you even find it a little sluggish. I want to know if there's a show suggestion you want to make, a question you have for a guest, or for me, I'm here. All you got to do is jet me an email at info at talkwithfrancesca.com. You can go right to my website, talkwithfrancesca.com, and fill out the contact form there. You can also visit me on Facebook. I promise to get right back to you. And if you miss part of the show, you can hop on over to recent shows on my website. Again, talkwithfrancesca.com. You can listen there. And of course, there are hundreds of episodes to listen to on iTunes. So you can listen to Talk with Francesca anytime, anywhere. So thanks for listening. Anna Weeks bore witness to a chapter of Boston history that stands in the public consciousness somewhere among Al Capone, the Red Sox, the Hatfields, and the McCoys. But what's mythology to many of us, life is to her, and has been for decades, ever since Anna Weeks, a Boston school teacher, married Kevin Weeks, Whitey Bulger's chief confidant and enforcer. When Phyllis Karras set out to write a book in the wake of Bulger's recapture and trial, she hoped to show a different angle of the sensation. And with the help of Anna Weeks, who co-authored the book and several other women close to Bulger's infamous Boston game during their prominence in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, Phyllis Karras published Women of Southie. It tells of six women who lived and outlived a criminal reign, all the while fighting the really celebrated battles of romance, motherhood, grief, and continuing hope. So I am very excited to interview Anna Weeks here today. So welcome, Anna. Thanks for joining us on Talk with Francesca. Thank you. So, Anna, it's been a long time. I remember interviewing uh, Kevin years ago and when you came to the station when I was um, in Quincy. And, yes, and, I remember. Yeah, and now you're married with children. Yes, yes, three well, babies. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so when you were first aware of the crime, organized or otherwise, um, when, or I should say, when were you first, when did you first become aware of the crime in your neighborhood? Okay, um... I probably became aware of the crime when I was maybe 15 years old. Mm -hmm. Um, Growing up in South Boston, we always knew of these men. Um, Some of us were, you know, um, we had interactions with them socially. But I really became aware of the severity of the crime when Kevin was incarcerated. Mm -hmm. Um, Just going back for a second, when you realized you said you were 15 years old, did it make you feel unsafe? No, it actually, it was quite the opposite. Um, we always believed that these men protected South Boston. Mm. Um, there was really no need for police officers. If you had any domestic violence in your home, um, any problem, they were always around. So they were more of a safety net while I was growing up. I didn't realize the intensity of what they were into. They were more, I know they always... Um, they extorted money. I know that they dealt drugs, but it was recreational drugs, more or less, like marijuana and cocaine. There were never, we never had any heroin on our streets or any angel dust. So that's 
um, I didn't fear them at all, or the community really didn't. We actually looked up to them as our protectors. Oh, wow. So how did you meet Kevin Weeks? I met Kevin Weeks um, when I was about 16 years old, and I was illegally going into Triple O's where he was a bouncer. Ah. So that was my fake first... fake um, Real intro. Yes, that was my first real introduction to him. Were you attracted to him at that point? Not, um, not physically attracted to him. Of course, I looked up <laughs> to those men. Um, I wasn't fearful of them. When I was young, my father was a little bit involved with um, the Italian mafia down the North End, and he always told my sister and I we would never to get involved um, with any of these men um, once you had a family. So I was never attracted in that way mm-hmm. um, romantically uh-huh. to any of these gentlemen. What did you think of Kevin when you first met him? Um, I thought he was charming, and one of the real qualities that attracted me to Kevin was the way he spoke to people. He could be speaking, you know, with an uneducated person versus someone highly educated, and he was always very, very respectful, and that was very attractive to me. So you felt that he had uh, the ability to talk to anyone on any level? Yes, yes. Okay. So we'll just move on to Whitey Bulger. You Have you seen okay. him? Have you ever met him? Yes, I've met him once before. Um, when I was in high school, a couple of my girlfriends were dating him. So he he would often pick the girls up after school. So I was introduced to him. I would say hello. But I never really spent a whole bunch of time with him. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Talk with Francesca, I'm speaking to Anna Weeks, who is the wife of Kevin Weeks, and we are talking about, um, well, we're talking about the book, we're starting to talk about the book, Women of Southie. So how did that whole idea of coming up with that book come about? Okay, well, I would be sitting at my husband's book signings, and I would be sitting on my hands. Um, Everyone would always bring up the question of the fear of Whitey Bulger and, you know, what a, a demon he was. And and I would be sitting there because I'm not excusing any of the crimes that these men participated in. The only thing that I knew at the time was that he kept our streets safe. And when I was growing up in South Boston, it's a much different place than what it is now. And I just wanted people to remember the old South Boston and I wanted to um, bring to light that we weren't racist, um, we, were, we weren't uneducated. You know, I always felt like German busing, that we always needed to defend ourselves. Even today, when I, when I say I'm from South Boston, someone gives me a look. Mm. I just feel like the perception of the town, especially now since Whitey has been found out, I just feel like it's, it's always looked down upon. You've got a lot so of Boston. One of, yeah, you've got a lot of Boston pride. I do. I do. <laughs> so how do you think the place you live and the place that you've grown up has affected you? I mean, did it make you stronger and or damaged I, somehow? You know, I feel like I am stronger, and I was just talking to my sister about this. I feel like we got a double education. I feel like we were educated on the street as well as being educated with school. Um, I just felt like we we grew up fast. We knew the street rules, and I don't I don't think that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like I'm almost better off for having lived there. And you are married um, to Kevin now with three children? Yes. And yes, you got I married am. a little bit older, is that right? Very old, yes. Well, I don't know about <laughs> we very were, old, we, but you, so you had, I re, I remember what, what I seem to remember, and but I might be wrong. Weren't you having, how old is your oldest? 
My oldest son will be three in November. That's right. Okay, so you were you were pregnant, I think, when Black Mask okay. came out. Is that right? Okay, yes. Yeah, and then you had twins after that. No, 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 no. I had another little boy. Um, he'll be two in December, and I have a four-month-year-old daughter. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. Okay, yes. I didn't realize that. So you're yes. a teacher. Can you tell yes. us a little bit about what you want to pass on to a new generation? Okay, uh, what I want to pass on to a new generation is that crime does not pay. Um, but if you believe if you believe and um, you have values and you have compassion, that you can go anywhere. And people do change. People do change. Are you um, referring to but, your husband? Yes. Um, for the woman side, that we have strength and resilience because the stories in the book of our, uh, of these women who have suffered um, in great capacity in all different areas, whether it be addiction, whether it be loss of a child or loss of a parent from suicide, drug addiction. And these women have, were so resilient. And just the, um, that we always stuck together. You know, mm-hmm. there's a line or something in the book that says we might have fought among ourselves, but we always we always made up. Um, we just have this sort of like the dysfunctional the... family that loves each other no matter yes. what. You know, we yes, do need yes, to take yes. a short break. I don't mean to interrupt, but we do need to okay. hear from our sponsors. Okay. So, listeners, stay with us here. Don't jump on that plane. We will be right back. Looking for an authentic Italian meal in an intimate setting? then you might just want to venture out to Boston this weekend and dine at Terra Mia Ristorante, a true gem among all those rhinestones in Boston's North End. This cozy tutorial with stucco walls and beam ceilings specializes in creative interpretations of Italian classics. Like the cuisines here, the atmosphere is elegant yet understated. Since opening in 1993, Terra Mia Ristorante has aimed to convince diners that there's always more to Italian food than just red sauce. Over the years, the innovative and beloved restaurant has done a great deal of convincing, and best of all, it's reasonably priced. This best-kept secret is worth the trip. Call 617-523-3112 or visit terramiarestaurante.com. Every one of us will need a lawyer at some point in our lives, and if that point has already come for you, you know you need a good one. You need a qualified one, one who will defend your interests with exceptional knowledge and dedication. Luckily, I know where to find that lawyer. Whether your case involves real estate, employment, business law, or a governmental agency, David Hadass of Drowan Hit and Hadass is ready to help. With broad experience throughout the Boston area, David specializes in civil litigation and appellate law. He's been named Massachusetts Super Lawyer and Top Business Litigator for four consecutive years by Boston Magazine. David represents large and small businesses as well as individuals. Find him online at drowanhit.com for more information to get started discussing your solution today. When you need legal representation, accept nothing less than the professional expertise of David Hadass of Drowan Hit and Hadass. Boston's North End holds one of our best-kept secrets, Antico Forno, ranked number nine of the top ten Italian restaurants around the world within the category of being one of the most authentic. With a welcoming family feel, it's hard to argue the experience you have when enjoying dinner at Antico Forno. Best known for their brick oven pizza, their world-class traditional cuisine does not fall far behind. Come enjoy dinner at Antico Forno and feel like part of the family. Open daily from 11.30 a.m. until 10 p.m. Call us today at 617-723-6. 733 or visit us at antico.com.
are back. You are listening to Talk with Francesca. I'm speaking with Anna Weeks. She is the wife of Kevin Weeks. And welcome back, Anna. Thank you. Welcome. All right. So anything that you wish that you'd been taught that you feel that you weren't taught? Because right before the the break, you mentioned that you had been uh, given a double education. So is there anything that you wish that you had learned? Wish that I had learned when I was younger. Um, I wished that I had learned um, to be less judgmental. Hmm. And where did that come from? Was that something uh, that, that came, you grew up with? I guess that, yes, I guess it, it was really after forced busing um, that I learned as an early adult because I would I would just hate the, the fact that we always had to defend ourselves. So I became judgmental of the media. I became judgmental of the um, busloads of people who were coming into South Boston and all and all the arguing and I really wish that I had been less less judgmental and maybe more educated around issues. The, the same with addiction. I got a late education in addiction and I feel like if I had an earlier education I wouldn't have wasted so much of my life um, where I was. Can you elaborate so, a little bit on addiction what you mean by that? Okay. Um, like my first husband um, was a he was a suffering addict, and I was just taught from the street that you stayed no matter what, and I did. I did. I tried to fix this person for many many years until I got into self help programs and I learned. And so I'm I'm thinking that if I was educated, and it might have even been in a classroom, if I was taught more about addiction and and things like that, I feel like I might have been able to skip some of the. The torture. And, right, so the, you learned that being a rescuer gets you nowhere. Is that what I'm hearing yes, you say? Yes, 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 yes. Okay, all right. So, Anna, so um, tell us, if you like, a little bit about your marriage now. Okay, my marriage today um, is wonderful. Um, we sit down and we have dinner together. Kevin um, was already a father before we started to have our family, and he was very, very, very um, compassionate with me because I never had children. So that being said, my Kevin's 62 years old right now, and he's the stay-home mom. So my life is very different from when Kevin and I were first married and we didn't have babies, but it's a good life. There's um, there's no drama. We, you know, we sit down together. We have dinner. Of course, we argue like everyone else, and raising three babies can be crazy at times. But there's just there's a feeling of um, love. There's a feeling of kindness. There's just family values that are put in place. And I think because we're older, these babies mean the world to us. So there's a lot of patience mm-hmm. in the house. Um, it's just it's it's a really nice place to be. And, and you're I'm, still I'm in South that... Boston, is that right? Yes. You guys live in yes. South Boston. Okay. So do you struggle yes. with a lot of privacy? Or do you think this is kinda of old news and people aren't really Um, I think it's kinda of old news. Yeah. I think my pregnancy hit the street. I mean I would get looks constantly walking around Castle Island. I mean I go places today with the babies, they say, you know, you're the grandmother and that's okay. Um a lot of people had questions when we when I moved back to South Boston because I left for a brief time. Kevin lived in Quincy and um, you know, they said, Are you crazy having him move back there? Mm. There's no problem at all. I don't wanna leave. The only thing that would drive me out is the space. I can't afford a, a single family home and uh, we own a condo and now that we have three babies it's a little tight but I'm still not ready to make that decision to leave. Because you really love South Boston. I do. I do. 
And Kevin, and does he love South Boston as well? He loves South Boston. Um, he's, you know, a little antsy right now, and it's only because of the space. You know, we don't have a big backyard, and so he's thinking about that for the children. But otherwise, when we were without children, everything was was perfect. We have Castle Island. We know the people next door. I always make a joke, and I say, I want to smell what you're cooking for supper. I want to hear what you're fighting about. It's just how I grew up. Mm. It's just home to me. It's home to you. So t- tell me about Kevin now. So he's not working, because I think when I interviewed him back several years ago, uh, many, it was, this is a long time ago. This had to have been mm-hmm. at least seven or eight years ago. But um, so I thought he was in construction at the time. Kevin Kevin was in construction. Uh, he had an accident. He was hit by an excavator, and he had some surgery on his back and his arm. So he went out from that job disabled, and um, after therapy and whatnot, he's regained some use in it. But he's retired, so he uh, stays at home. Um, he still loves... Um, to go to paintball tournaments, although he does much more watching these days than actual playing. But um, he's a family man. He um, really, very rarely, you know, goes out of the house to to socialize with his friends and whatnot, and he says that's because he's just so busy. Keeps in very close touch with his family. Um, I don't know. Basically, that's it. What's his relationship? What what does he ever, has he had any contact at all with Whitey Bulger? No, he hasn't. Yeah. I know that when Whitey's when Whitey's trial came about, mm. Kevin really, really, yeah. you know, wanted to to explain the things. I guess if that's a if that's a correct term, and it mm. it fell it fell apart right. um, from Whitey's lawyer. And the same with Catherine. You know, Kevin speaks nothing of you know he speaks such high words about Catherine and. Um, you know, he still talks about Whitey. He he was devastated. Yes, he I re- really I, I felt remember that, that Whitey was a friend. And right, not, remember, so yeah. and wasn't that, Whitey that, a, hot, a, that was hard. Wasn't Whitey or isn't Whitey a, a godfather to one of his children? Yes, to his oldest son, Kevin. Uh-huh. Yes, he is. Right. Okay. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Talk with Francesca. I'm speaking with Anna Weeks. We are going to take another very short break, and when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about the women of Southie. So, listeners, stay with us here. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> Tides is beachside dining at its best all year round. Located at the end of the Nahant Causeway, directly on Nahant Beach, the ocean views from the dining room and the pub can't be beat, no matter what the season. Nominated for Best of the North Shore from North Shore Magazine for Best Alfresco Dining, Best Kid-Friendly Restaurant, Best Lobster Dinner, and Best Water View. Why would you go anywhere else? Whether you choose their dining room, a frosty pint at their bar, or a sun-drenched deck on the Hunt Beach, they guarantee you great atmosphere with super food and service. Their menu is full of fresh, high-quality seafood, prime rib, chicken, pasta, and pizza that everyone will love. Check out their drink menu for fun cocktails, 30 ice-cold beers on tap, and their well-rounded wine list with their state-of-the-art tap wines. They feature full-service lottery and kino. Tides is the place to watch any big game. They have over 20 HD TVs. At Tides, they specialize in casual dining with food that's just delicious, not pretentious. Tides is a fantastic restaurant anytime, summer or winter, lunch or dinner, rain or shine. 
The new Cobblestone Cafe on Hanover Street in Boston brings casual, on-the-go American fare to the North End, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Open daily at 7 a.m., Cobblestone Cafe offers burgers, barbecue, salads, fries, milkshakes, seafood, and the very popular Snickerdoodle iced coffee. Delivery and catering are also available. Cobblestone Cafe, 227 Hanover Street in Boston. For more information, call 857-263-8057 or visit them online at cobblestonecafene.com. Every one of us will need a lawyer at some point in our lives, and if that point has already come for you, you know you need a good one. You need a qualified one, one who will defend your interests with exceptional knowledge and dedication. Luckily, I know where to find that lawyer. Whether your case involves real estate, employment, business law, or a governmental agency, David Hadass of Drowan Hit and Hadass is ready to help. With broad experience throughout the Boston area, David specializes in civil litigation and appellate law. He's been named Massachusetts Super Lawyer and Top Business Litigator for four consecutive years by Boston Magazine. David represents large and small businesses as well as individuals. Find him online at Drowan hit.com for more information to get started discussing your solution today. When you need legal representation, accept nothing less than the professional expertise of David Hadass of Drawing Hit and Hadass. Looking for an authentic Italian meal in an intimate setting? Then you might just want to venture out to Boston this weekend and dine at Terra Mia Ristorante, a true gem among all those rhinestones in Boston's North End. This cozy tutorial with stucco walls and beam ceilings specializes in creative interpretations of Italian classics. Like the cuisines here, the atmosphere is elegant yet understated. Since opening in 1993, Terramia Restaurante has aimed to convince diners that there's always more to Italian food than just red sauce. Over the years, the innovative and beloved restaurant has done a great deal of convincing, and best of all, it's reasonably priced. This best-kept secret is worth the trip. Call 617-523-3112 or visit terramiarestaurante.com. Right, we are back, and you're listening to Talk with Francesca. I'm speaking with Anna Weeks, a wife of Kevin Weeks. Uh, welcome back, Anna. Thank you. Welcome. So I want to talk a little bit about the women of Southie. So are do you still have a lot of friends from your childhood? Yes. And they're there yes, still? Some of them have moved away. A couple of them still live there, but um, most have moved Okay. So what are there any interesting um stories that you might want to share uh with in in terms of a woman having strength and and getting through all this and being part of this in, that's in the book? Sure. Sure. One of the women um who was in the book his name is uh, Marie Hardy and she has since passed away. And I met Marie um working at a preschool many many years ago and we we remained friends and in the later part of her life, she was diagnosed with um, lung cancer. And during that time when she was going through treatments and whatnot, she had she they, she had four children and uh, prior to when she was going through treatment. But one of her daughters were strangled. And um, they could not even identify the daughter because she was beaten so badly. And Marie, of course, was devastated, but she was not ready to give up on life. She fought every step of the way. 
the next year, her son died of an OD of heroin, and she still was not ready to go. She um, had custody of her grandson, and she just just wanted to live and um, took every breath, managed to console people when they would come to see her instead of it being vice versa. This woman was a tower of strength. She gave to that community every chance she got. Um, when I worked with her in the preschool, there would be parents. It was a lower-income program. You know, she'd always have a bag of groceries. And I'm not saying that, that this does not happen everywhere in that story is not so horrific to hear, but there was just this sense about her. She would do anything and everything to continue to live and not give up in spite of all of the the horrible things that life brought her. And all of the stories aren't like that. There's some ordinary stories, and it just gives examples of the togetherness that we all had or the loyalty that we all had among one another. Um, it's incredible. It's just the book unfolds. It's, it's very, very short, the book, which um, we're a little disappointed in because when we wrote it, it was much, much longer, but we had to condense the story. So there's even so much more that's not in that book, but we're hoping that people inference from what's in there. The woman just, I think they were the backbone, and they never they were never discussed. Mm-hmm. It was always what was going on with the men, the right. men, the men. So right. I right. just think we needed a voice. That's fabulous. So, um, Anna, was there ever a time that you felt like your struggle was too much and that you wanted to give up? Yes, there was. Um, at the time when my marriage ended with my first husband, um, it was devastating. It was devastating. And it was devastating not only because it was an emotional and um, physically just pure hell, but it was because of how I grew up in Southie. And you had certain rules that you followed that were unspoken. And one of them was you would never leave your husband while he was incarcerated. Mm-hmm. Yet leave him to be with Kevin Weeks. Um that struggle I, I tormented myself about. I said, here I am, you know, leaving this drug addict and um, going into the arms of a convicted murderer. And I was, it was very, very hard for me. Not that I felt like I, you know, whatever, it was so, so devastating that I wanted to give up, but it was a struggle. It was a struggle to push through that area of my life and get to where I am now. Well, Anna, I would love to talk to you longer, um, but we are out of time. I want to thank you so much for being on Talk with Francesca today. And um, good luck to you. Thank you, Francesca. All right. You take care. It was a pleasure to speak. All right. Thank you. All right. We've got to wrap things up. You've been listening to Talk with Francesca. I hope you you enjoyed the show. If you did, spread the word on social media. I'd love to hear from you. So drop me a note at info at talkwithfrancesca.com. See you next week. Same time, same place. Make it a great week.